welcome and thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Chapel's Disciple Making Podcast. We believe that life change happens best in circles, not rows. So whether your circle is a community group, D group, or your family, this resource exists for practical advice on how to make disciples who make disciples. We hope that this content is engaging and we hope that it helps you in your journey to follow the command of Jesus to make disciples. Well, hello, Chapel family and group leaders. Thanks again for joining us at the Disciple Making Podcast. I'm David Day, back for another episode, and we're glad you are with us in this crazy time that we live in, coronavirus world. And we're excited to bring you this podcast because it's another way that we can connect with you, the body, and you, the group leader, because you're connected to the body. It's another way that we can bring you some information, just stay connected with you in this weird time when we really can't get together in person. Today, in the, quote, virtual studio is Allison Fox Petrie. Allison is our resident therapist, and I'm so glad to be talking to a therapist right now. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, Allison. Welcome back. You've been, you've been here more times than I have, so you know this routine very well. So we're glad you're here. Good to be here. So, you know, we were talking, I was talking with James, uh, James Lott, the, the kids director at the chapel just the other day, and we were talking about so many issues that parents are dealing with with kids right now and um, parenting issues during the corona crisis, if you will, and how we're working that out, how we're dealing with that with kids. Lots of extra time on our hands, lots of new homeschool parents, lots of new stresses, lots of new challenges going on with these kids being at home. And uh, I'm sure that's probably something that's been on your radar pretty much lately as well, hasn't it? Absolutely. From just my own family and my own kids being at home and having to navigate that, as well as friends of mine with their kids. And then even professionally, um, I'm not seeing kids at the moment. However, I do see parents and they're having to navigate this as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is a stressor. There's, there's the stress and the anxiety from what's going on in the world. And then you bring that into the home and there's a stress and anxiety of how to handle what's going on in the world with your family and with children and that kind of thing. And something that, you know, that, that, that it's on my mind a good bit is that this is a very different kind of crisis for families, you know, for most of us, fortunately, I guess, for most of us, we're not experiencing illness firsthand. We're not experiencing necessarily someone in our family, in our immediate household that's feeling sick. Some of us may be, and some of us are. Um, But even those of us that are not, it's a different world we live in. We can't go to swim parties. We can't go to birthday parties. We can't go to school. We can't go to church. So that presents a whole new set of challenges for the parent, I think. Is that, is that pretty accurate? Is that a pretty accurate guess? Absolutely. With Louisiana, we're used to different kind of disasters or crises. Most of the time, it's hurricanes, and you have more or less a time frame. But also, we love to have parties, and we have hurricane parties, yeah, and everyone yeah. gets together. And it's and crawfish season. We have fun and yeah. just await the craziness that yeah. is going to come. However, it's more invisible right now. And having to face something that we can't see has always 
raised more anxiety just in human nature than things we can see and tackle with our own strength. Yeah. So how do we, I guess that's the million dollar question. How do you deal with an invisible enemy like this, right? How do you fight this invisible war? And I think really it's more about managing it and coping with it until we get through it, right? I mean, this is really just a get through it kind of time. Absolutely. And part of it is taking a moment to recognize how you're responding because we can try and busy ourselves with cleaning, organizing, doing all these wonderful projects that are on our list and not take a moment to realize, okay, I am anxious. Mm-hmm. I can tell because my body is tense. I can tell yeah. because I'm snapping at my spouse or my roommate or my kids. And doing all of those things unconsciously can mean it will have more damage. And once this is over, it'll all fall on you like a wave. Yeah. yeah. If you are able to recognize how you feel and process it day by day, it'll have less of a detrimental impact on your family, your atmosphere, and on your life once everything settles. So as you deal with it, bits and pieces along the way, becoming aware of it, like you said, uh, and I like that. I, I want to focus on that just a quick second, knowing that, okay, I'm tense. I'm snapping at people. Being aware of those signs of that anxiety and how it's coming out and how it's presenting itself, I think that's really a key because, you know, when we're talking about kids, they see that, right? I mean, absolutely, yes. in on that with parents, especially the younger the child, the more they're looking in mommy and daddy's eyes. And they're seeing their actions and hearing their tone of voice. At least that's been my experience as a parent. And they can also see when you're trying to keep busy. They can see when you're trying not to recognize how you're feeling. They can Mm. pick up on your emotions. Wow. Kids are able to pick up on what's going on around them, the emotional atmosphere of the home, sometimes better than the words that you say. Wow. Well, that's a little scary. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, we do our best to try to hide some of that sometimes. But, uh, yeah, kids are very, very perceptive. Um, there's nothing like having a pet to get you prepared for that. But there's nothing that will prepare you for parents, other, for parenting other than being a parent. So, okay, so we're in the middle of all this. And we've got a five-year-old. And the five-year-old says, can we go swim? And, and the pool's closed. And so you say, no, we, we can't go swim. And then the next day they say, can we go swim? Well, no, we, we can't go swim because the pool's closed. Well, why is the pool closed? Well, because, you know, people are getting sick. Okay, so next day, can we go swim? It's over and over. You know the pattern. So how much information should we be giving our kids? Should we explain to them, well, there's this global pandemic and, the, you know, it's a, it's a virus. It, it, they, they can't understand a lot of it. What can they understand and how much information should we share with them to keep the fear away, but help them to understand the situation that they're in? Is that a reasonable question? Absolutely. It depends on the kid. You know how much your kid can comprehend. You also know kind of where their level is, but it's okay to be very simple to talk about there's, you know how, when we get sick, it's because of germs and there's this germ going around that people can get sick from. So we're staying inside and we're spending time with one another just so we don't get that germ. You remember how 
last month your nose was running and your yeah. ears got infected and that really hurt and you didn't like being sick, right? Right. Okay. okay. So, so we don't to want something. to be like that. And so yeah, we good. don't want you to be sick. So we're going to do this. And it's kind of boring and that's okay. And we want to be with people. So to validate how they're feeling, to recognize that this isn't fun, to help them connect it to something concrete they've experienced, and then find an alternative. I know you really want to go to the pool. Let's play in the sprinkler. Find something fun that they can do that can replace what's on their mind. But also note that you might have to have that conversation every day or multiple times a day. However, we're kind of used to that because that's just how parenting a young child is. They repeat themselves. They ask why. And so it's just in a different way. And it can help to have kind of a written script already laid out so we aren't caught off guard when they ask those questions. Yeah. Okay. So if, if, uh, and I like, I like what you said that that's just how kids are. You're right. You're exactly right. Um, having, like I said, raised three kids, they do forget the answer. They do want to ask the question over and over again. Um, and that's, that's a a pretty normal thing. So we probably have some, uh, some experience there, but I love the diversion, the little pivot that you did. So let's play in the sprinkler instead of going swimming, let's play in the sprinkler. That's really good. That's very clever. And that's, that's great parenting because now you've distracted them to something else, a whole different vision, a whole different <laughs> concept. And they're not going to say, no, I don't want to do that. I mean, most kids wouldn't say no. They may disappointed, be disappointed they can't swim. But once they're playing in the sprinkler or the slip and slide when I was a kid, that was the thing, you know, <laughs> big time slip and slide. So uh, that's great advice. I love that. So wh- what are the signs? What kind of signs should we be looking for with our kids um, for their stress level, because I mean, it is a different world and we are kind of repeating some of the same things. We're kind of, it's been a week or two now and we're starting to get into some routines of being home and maybe we're starting to repeat some of our activities. Are, are we, are we, are there signs that we need to be looking for in our kids that this is affecting them adversely? It's important to recognize certain things as a symptom as opposed to them being an aggravating child, (laughs) which can be (laughs) the conclusion we jump to when they are more whiny, when they are more needy, when they want to be in the same room as you during the day, when they want you to read this book 50 million times, it's because it's a comfort and it's their way of seeking some nurturing from you. And so it can be things like being extra needy, being extra whiny, Okay. things like regression, actually. So kids that slept without a nightlight might want a nightlight. Kids that are potty trained might struggle a little more. Yeah. Kids that can dress themselves might want you to dress them. It's them regressing a little bit. It won't last forever, but it's a way for them to adjust to being anxious and Mm. to get some of that comfort, which can often mean extra parental involvement. And with school, it can look like, I don't know how to do this math problem. And you look at them completely confused, wondering how they just did that yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. It's stuff (laughs) that you know that they know how to do, but they're not able to do right now. Absolutely. And you want to jump to frustration because they know how to do it. And it's very tempting to get there. However, to recognize 
this is their way of reaching out for help because things are out of control. Right. And they want that extra presence of you having contr- control over what they're struggling with. So, so they're you looking being you for that. the expert. Okay. And so it helps to kind of trust an authority over you, even if it's something small. Okay. So in that, ki- in that kind of situation, you may be recognizing the regression and uh, the tendency, like you said, might be to say, come on, you got this. You did it yesterday. That's frustrating. And, but really recognizing that this, is, this could be a way that they're showing their stress or their anxiety. So right. you're saying, should we kind of go with it a little bit and have an extra measure of grace here during this time and just kind of go along with it? Because it's not going to last forever. It's momentary. And so we'll get through it. You can do a little of both. You can, you know, for a kid that's saying, oh, I can't trust myself right now. And you're like, oh my goodness, you've been doing this for two years. Saying, sure, let me help you. And then later on being like, hey, how, how are you feeling? And maybe throwing out a few feeling words or if you have feeling flashcards or talk through with them. There's a great worksheet on a blog I write for called The Mommy Therapist. And one of my co-authors created a worksheet to talk through how your child feels Oh, that's great. and to help them identify that. And then talking through that will help lessen the tension of it and also challenge them maybe the next time. Okay. Well, you know that you did this yesterday. I want you to try. And so you're still there. You're still providing support, but you're also challenging them to work, to push through that. Okay. And continue in the progress they had made. So you're still moving them forward, but you're doing it in a real grace mindset with a, a lot of patience. That's what I'm hearing is there's a lot of patience. That goes Which is this. so hard because one of the biggest symptoms of anxiety is irritation and lack of patience. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Which points to how parenting is definitely a supernatural feat where we cannot do it within our own strength. (laughs) Amen to that. Amen. Preach. Uh, So that's really great advice and, and something I certainly would not have thought of. And I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that. And so a lot of our group leaders who have uh, young kids and who have members of their groups with young kids, great stuff to pass along to them. I love I love that this is really good practical content. I want to move to one other question here um, that I think is important too, is that I, I believe that that when we go through things like we're going through with, you know, the, this COVID crisis, um, that opportunity presents itself in really strange ways for God to show up, even for kids, and sometimes especially for kids. So taking, taking a, you know, from our earlier conversation about how kids cue on our emotions and our attitudes and our actions and that kind of thing, it seems to me that this may be a really good opportunity to teach our children to trust God in hard times, to teach them an opportunity, to give them an opportunity or to display before them that we're trusting the Lord with this. We're praying differently. We're praying more regularly. I don't know. Do, do you have any thoughts about how that could work and, and maybe some ideas about how we could do that. Um, it's, it's a great idea whenever you are hitting those moments of anxiety, whenever it's obvious to you and obvious to your kids, they might say, mom, dad, are you okay? What's going on? Or you might have just yelled at them 
or something like that. And you take a moment and you can sit with them and say, you know what? I'm kind of worried about this germ that's going around. I'm worried about, you know, grandma. I'm, you know, worried about these things. Yeah. And sometimes I forget that I'm not in charge. And God is in charge and he knew what was going to come. So can you sit with me while I pray right now and ask God to hold my anxiety for me or hold my worry or using language that your child can understand. And so in the moment they can hear you recognize your behavior. That was maybe not the best. So like apologizing for your yelling, getting to the root emotion. So showing them how to identify emotion and then showing them how to process it and cope with it which is taking it to the Lord. And so they're able to see modeled a wonderful process of handling all of this and taking it to God. And they're able to do it with you. You're not trying to hide it. You're not trying to pretend that you're perfect. You're able to recognize where you struggle and show them how going to God with it changes how you interact with them and the world. And that's so transparent with a kid. I I really hadn't, I really hadn't considered the fact that that kind of transparency is a real teaching moment. You know, that kind of vulnerability with your kids could be such a a, a great teaching moment. You know, I think that's, um, that's very different from how I was raised. You know, we, mom and dad didn't really show that kind of vulnerability to the kids early on. You know, we were, you know, they, they, they had to be the rock and their belief was we have to be, the rock for our kids because their their ground will crumble underneath their feet if we don't show complete resolve in every situation. But I like how you're Which, talking about it. Like, we're, we're, we're normal human creatures. And it's you know? understandable. You want to protect your children. And things like fear can attack us on the inside. And we don't want them to have to deal with that. But the reality is they will and they do. And trying to pretend like if you don't introduce it, it won't be a reality in their life is kind of naive. Yeah. And so it shows them how to do it. It shows them that it's okay. And it also shows them that their ground does not have to crumble if you are struggling because your ground is not crumbling because you are planted on the rock that will not move. You're trusting the Lord and you're showing them that you're trusting the Lord and you're encouraging them to trust him as well. Yes. I love that. Okay. So um, let me ask you a couple of really pointed, specific questions about this, about children in this time period. Is it okay to increase screen time? While kids are at home, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're, we're trying to limit the screen time of our kids, but at some point, okay, two Disney movies in one day seems like, a, you know, overkill, but you know what? It might be okay right now. I don't know. I mean, what do you think? I think parents need to have grace, you know, for themselves and these expectations of I'm going to be super mom or super dad because I'm at home and I have all this opportunity can drive you nuts. Yeah. It's if that is something that you need to do so that you have a moment to collect yourself, to spend time in the word, to get some laundry done, to have a moment where you do not lose your mind on your child because they're getting on your last nerve. (laughs) What is worse than having a little extra screen time or 
you just screaming your head off at <laughs> Right. Yeah. So you can, you know, look at those alternatives and see which one is the most, is the healthiest for them. Yeah, that's good. Uh, that, that's, <laughs> that's good because uh, the situation, there's only so many things, I guess, that we can control. And right. we're talking about being at home. We're, we're trying to be creative and coming up with things. I mean, my 20 year old just, just did an entire puzzle on her own. You know, I mean, she hasn't done a puzzle since she was five, but she did a puzzle, you know, mm-hmm. and she completed it. And she said, I feel like I did something. I accomplished something in all of this craziness. I, mm-hmm. I just, I just did something and finished it. And I right. feel good. I was like, well, mm-hmm. that was somewhat therapeutic for you. Good. I'm glad you yes. did that. Very good. <laughs> That's nice. And I mean, kids can do puzzles. Kids can, you know, they constructive things like that. But I, I, I love the grace mindset here. We all mm-hmm. have to be a little bit more patient with each other, I think. Um, yes. Andrew, Andrew's got this series, Andrew Bates, associate pastor at the chapel and, and the site pastor of the Seeking location. He has said, uh, he started this new series. He's doing a different one, a different video every week on, and I'm going to get this wrong, but it's start, stop, sit. Is that, I think that's what it is. It's a uh, start something new, stop, maybe it's stop, start, sit, stop something that you were doing that, that maybe you don't need to be doing, start something new, uh, that you need to be doing that you haven't been. and practice sitting in silence for a little bit every day. And mm-hmm. I love the, I love the attitude of, of let, let's, let's kind of do a little, let's take this opportunity to do some examination inward about where we are with just being by ourselves and lowering the noise, reducing the noise. And, you know, mm-hmm. or the sermon recently about rest out of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter four, all of that is just working together beautifully. And I can see where our church is connecting those dots in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. And so, so Allison, thank you for your advice and the, the information here, because I know that there are a lot of parents of young kids who are wondering, am I doing this right? And right. I, I don't know if there's really a right or wrong. There's just good, better, best, you know? <laughs> and, uh, thank you for being, uh, for being a guide and, and just kind of adding a voice of sanity and some of the craziness in all this. We appreciate you doing that. It's my pleasure. Well, we're going to have you back for some more stuff in the in the very near future. I just know it if you're willing. So, um, absolutely happy to, happy to include you. You've always been a, like I said, that voice of sanity and help when, the, <laughs> and also it's, it's tempered with such grace. I love it, and that's what we need as parents. So, group leaders, take heart. There is a lot of hope out there. There's hope in Jesus, and there's hope in activities that you can come up with, and there's hope in the kids that you are raising to be young disciples to make disciples. And uh, we're excited for you and we appreciate all you're doing. I know Allison does as well. She sees it every day. And so uh, we're mm-hmm. thankful for you, group leaders. So if we can help you, uh, send us an email, uh, connect at thechapelbr.com. Let us know how we can help you, whether it's with parenting or whether it's with uh, your family situation, any kind of ministry activity, or just share your need with us. We can't promise that we can meet all your needs immediately, but we certainly can't meet needs that we don't know about. So send us an email, connect with us in some way, and continue to listen and share the Disciple Making Podcast with your group members and other folks that you think this might be helpful to. So Allison Petrie, once again, thanks so much for joining me today on the podcast. And we will see you guys again next time on the Disciple Making Podcast at the chapel. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. We hope that you enjoyed the content from today and that it helped encourage you in your call to make disciples. 
If you like what you heard today, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on our website at thechapelbr.com. We're always working on keeping our site full of resources for you as you seek to make disciples. And finally, you can follow us on our socials at thechapelbr on Facebook and Instagram, as well as at chapelgrouplife on Instagram. Thanks so much for joining us, and we will see you guys next time.